For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Are you looking to buy Bitcoin? Choose the exchange that's trusted by over 200,000 Australians. Independent Reserve. It's fast, easy and secure. Buy Bitcoin today at independentreserve.com. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, hello everybody. Good morning and welcome to the very first edition of the Bungie and Bretster Show with special guest me, John Casey. And we're proudly brought to you by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors and the Adelaide Giants, your team in the Australian Baseball League, part of the all-conquering Peligra Group. This is Sunday Morning Radio, but not as you know it. And to tell us more, let's welcome the stars of the show, starting with Crows legend, Andrew McLeod. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod. Oh, how about that, Bungie? Your own radio show. Where did this come from? <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Case. Oh, I'm pretty excited about this. Can't believe it. Can't believe they let a couple of us uh, blokes loose on the airwaves. It's uh, exciting. Great to be here, and thanks for that little intro, too. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Our hard-working crew behind the scenes have done an outstanding job with that, and I'm really looking forward to your chat. You're going to tell us about the Dacos family, who you met here last week, the young stars uh, of the AFL, and uh, just picking your brain as one of the superstars of the years gone by, but so that was an interesting chat. Oh, well, it certainly was. They must must be mad coming to pick my brains, but no, it was good <laughs> fun. It was good. To, it's, it's nice to... Uh, you know, be able to pass on, I guess, some of those pearls of wisdom that you've learned along the way. And the good news about this radio show that we're putting together is that you get it to do to do it with your great friend. He's an Olympian. He's a 36ers great. He is Brett Maher. For Maher. Yes. Big shot by Brett Maher. Oh, big shot. How many big shots did he hit in his life? They were just, you were a walking big shot, weren't you? Oh, Can we call a, you big shot? Oh, the big show. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> hit a couple, but uh, no, this is exciting, isn't it? It should be good. Looking forward to it. Now, just tell me, you, you know, look, you're, you play an Olympic sport, a world sport. Bungie plays a domestic football code that three quarters of the world haven't heard of. I mean, are you a bigger <laughs> star in this town than Bungie or is it Bungie de- then? Oh, hang on, it's Bungie and Bretster. He's definitely bigger, Case. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll, I'll be able to carry him. Don't worry about that. I've been doing the leg weights. Uh, well, look, you've been carrying my guests for a while. Tell us about the Bungie and Bretster show. This started a couple of years ago and uh, there's been a bit of clowning around as well. Yeah, it did. It actually started a few years ago at my wife's birthday. We're sitting around the pool in Bali, actually, and thought, oh, well, why don't we start up a little podcast like everyone else was doing during the COVID outbreak? And uh, we put it together and uh, just had a lot of fun. We're trying to bring energy and talk about some subjects we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we sort of rate ourselves a bit on what we talk about. Probably other people don't really listen to us, um, particularly our our wives and our family group. But no, we uh, we really in, enjoy doing that. When we get together, case often we'd, we'd, we'd talk through lists, you know, the best of and... Um, different sports and things like that. We said, well, instead of just having it around the barbecue and, and talking a bit of rubbish there, why don't we just actually get it out there and start talking about sports? Because we love doing it, as most people do. So 
we put it together and, uh, yeah, it's been a great uh, ride so far. It has, and it's great to be part of the SEM family. So many superstars already on the network, and one of them, Kane Corns, is our favourite. We love what Kane does, but t- speaking of lists... Buddy Franklin not in the top 200 players in the AFL? What is he thinking? Surely Buddy Franklin's... I think, got... I think he had a bad day. Did he? <laughs> we all had bad days, though. We didn't. Surely. I think that's an oversight, isn't it? He's got to be up there. Oh, For a bloke that's going to go down as legend status at some point, when he retires, he, he's, got, he's a definite Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the legend status. He just He's just bypassed uh, the great god, Gary Ablett, in terms of goals um, kick for you know for career. I think he's 1,033 at the moment. That's a that's a that's a lot to get out, Brett. One thousand and thirty-three, a lot of goals, but he's certainly on that trajectory for that. So I don't know what Kane was thinking. Well, and to cut Kane some slack, he is saying top two hundred this year, not all oh, time, okay. obviously, but even top two hundred in there's seven hundred players in the AFL thereabouts. I think Buddy's probably in my top two hundred. I haven't gone through the list, but um, he's certainly charging as if he's going to be in the top. <laughs> what he's asking for next season, apparently, isn't he? Well, I wouldn't mind him coming out of full forward in my team. Tell you what. Well, you want him at the Crows? Well, he, he no, well, probably not at the moment. He's not going to be able to afford him because you've got you know the three pillars up there at the moment doing their thing and starting to gel a bit. But yeah, um, if you know if, if I was playing and uh, Buddy was um, leading out, I'd certainly be licking my chops. It was very good the other day. He had not only scores himself, but the uh, goal assists were were fantastic. Tackling, he was energized. I mean, his contracts up. Yeah, well, true. You play a bit better when your contract's <laughs> up for renewal? Oh, you certainly do. You find an extra leg. <laughs> about that. Well, look, we're two of the all-time greats of South Australian sport together on the wireless here. This will be a run and gun and have some fun type of show on SEN 1629. We're here every Sunday morning. We do it all thanks, as I mentioned, to Australian Motors Mitsubishi and the Adelaide Giants. Get around them when their season gets underway. We've got a lot to look forward to this morning. Jimmy Tumpus from the Eagles is going to join us. We're going to chat sample. Big game today, North Adelaide against the Eagles. We'll recap the games overnight, including a goal of the year contender from Rabs uh, Wilson for Ooh. Port Adelaide. He was really turning it on. He is an absolute excitement machine for that. So uh, we'll look forward to speaking to Jimmy Tumpus a little later, and we're going to cut through all the crap that's been going on. We're going to update some scores for you as well, and uh, we hope you can join us as well. one 736 736 uh, is our callback number, or shoot us a text on 0427154166 and check out all the great work on the Bungie and Brett's The Show. You can get us on the socials, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all over the shop. But uh, as I say, a lot to, to get through this morning. I guess we have to kick it off with the performance last night of Port Adelaide. Uh, and it was exhilarating in that third quarter. Eight goals to one. Best for third quarter that they've had uh, since 2014. And they looked like they were all world. But as the coach said post-game, they're great in patches, but not great for long enough. I think that's the, the key for, for most sides. And you look at probably the Crows as, as well, but for South, South Australian sides, Port in particular, I think that um, just that consistency throughout the game and that second quarter, um, I think where Geelong were able to get a hold of them Probably um, was the, I guess, for uh, for Port, that was probably the downside of the, the whole game. And, you know, they were able to wrestle that momentum back in the third. They just were unstoppable getting the ball out of the midfield. And, um, yeah, just towards the end, I guess, Brett, so they, they got a few decisions that probably didn't uh, make the Port fans too happy that went against them. And uh, Big Hawk, he was able to, Tommy Hawkins kicked a couple of goals to seal the deal late in the game. Yeah, some of those calls made a big difference. But Ken Hinckley, after the game, he said it's not big patches. It's like seven or eight minutes. And in this competition, the standard, that's all you need to really drop for. And 
Uh, I think their intensity right at the start of the game, I think Pau Pepper set the tone right off the bat. And then they, I don't think you can sustain that energy. And, and they did drop that in that second quarter, but got it back in the third and uh, did look like they were going to run away when they're up a point going into the last, but uh, just couldn't get over the line. So Charlie Dixon, isn't he a bit of a beast? Fantastic. Well, he, he sort of, you, you could see him trying to rally the guys and the way that he was bringing um, his his teammates into the game. He was throwing them on their back, and he was he he flew the flag last night and said, "Boys, we're not going down without a fight." So I think that started to resonate with the group. And like you said, Breasted Charlie Dixon, uh, sorry, Pal Pepper, uh, Rosie Finlayson, these types of players started to jump on board. Ollie Wines, they started to get that ball out of the midfield, and then they started to get forward. And you saw some blokes, George George Artis. How's yeah. that for a great? Wow. Mark of the year Mark contender the, for sure. It has to be mm. Blaze. He, he's taken one of those every couple of weeks. Yeah. He's, he's unbelievable how he gets up there and takes it. He's he come down with a bit of a blood nose. He was that high. <laughs> is, Dixon, is Dixon having to play too much in the ruck? He's, I think he's best when I look at the game up forward. He's such a dominant force, but he's having to go into the ruck a fair bit. Is that is that a problem or is that one of the big problems for Port? Oh, I think... I think generally they've they've struggled in that big man department in terms of their ruck most of the year and trying to find, uh, you know, I guess that right solution. And sometimes you have to, you see those big men go in there and pinch hit. He's good in there because he provides a big body, scares the crap out of most oppositions when he goes in there and uh, throws himself around. So, yeah, I I think, but obviously he's best suited playing up forward and being able to create a contest and bringing that little mosquito fleet into the game. Love the way he goes about it. He's so exciting and brings the crowd into it as well. And happy to give some advice to the opposition as well, which is old school. I like the way he takes it old school, push and shove. It's a bit of a huff and puff. And he's a lovely bloke off the field as well, but does a great job. For those just catching up with the uh, with the scores, it was Geelong 16-10-106, Port Adelaide 14-10-94, Georgiades kick three, Dixon two, Marshall two, Power Pepper two. They played well in that third quarter and kicked eight goals. But in the second quarter, they kicked one goal. And in the final quarter, they kicked one goal. And the difference between their best and their worst is just too wide at the moment. And that's an area that they need to get more consistency in. I guess the the downside for Port Adelaide is that they now sit on 11th position, 8 and 10, two wins and percentage out of the top eight with three games to go. It's going to be tough from here. Not impossible, but you're relying on other results now. So uh, it's a disappointing season for a team that was in the prelim final last year. I think so. And with their expectations, and they've talked about this quite openly around playing finals and wanting to win flags. And I, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's not over that case. There's, no. They're hanging on by a thread. So they've still, they've still got the opportunity to, to play finals footy. Obviously some results and whatnot have to go their way as well. But um, I think that, like you said, if they can actually just bridge that gap between, um, you know, they're, they're not so good versus where they, they're really good. And that third quarter, like if they could play some more footy like that and be really consistent in the way that they do that, then, um, you know, moving forward, I think it's it's quite exciting. I think as Ken Hinckley said in the press conference after the game, um, the, the, it's frustrating year this year. Frustrating is a, probably a real good way to uh, talk about them at the moment because they're right there. They've got the talent, I think, to match it. They've only just lost to the top two sides. And uh, I think they are right there, but that couple of minutes here and there that they, they drop the ball, 
is frustrating to watch because their talent level is very good at the moment and they are in that window, I think, to win a championship. And I think what's probably the frustrating thing is that Geelong are going to be up to their eyeballs when it comes to the finals and the fact that they were able to find a way. They had some blokes. Tom Atkins stood up, had 12 contested, uh, twelve possessions, uh, seven contested. I think he had like 30 pressure racks and probably played out of his skin in that last quarter um, to, to actually help them get across the line. But... The fact that they're able to push a side like Geelong, who are going to be really, really strong come September, uh, I think you'd be a little bit buoyed by that performance in the end. So Ken Hinckley coaches next year? I'd think so. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's just about finding the right mix and the right balance. I know that... Yeah, he's been there for a long time, um, but I think their, you know, their premiership window is certainly still open. They play high risk, high reward football, but when it goes wrong, they leave themselves open to a counter attack. You often see opposition teams running into an open goal because they've turned the ball over poorly, exact, and that that just really hurts them because you work so hard to get your scores, but then you give up easy scores. And I don't know if that's a recipe for a premiership. But uh, I certainly have Ken Hinckley going around once more. But to tell us, well, what about if we get to Stu, has called in from Harndorf. Morning to you, Stu. G'day, legends. How are we? Good to have a, uh, another local duo on the, on the radio on the weekends, boys. Loving it. Thanks, Stu. I, um, I wanted to chat to Sandfield uh, just quickly, boys. Norder in a good, rich vein of form, and I think they're the... There's a team to beat at the moment. They started the season poorly, but their ascension up the ladder is um, Colin Stiding has been playing brilliant footy. What are your thoughts, boys? I see them as a real contender this year. Almost definitely. Um, I think, you know, they've got a really good mix. They've got some some really good players. And the, the two probably for me that, that stand out, Rokar and, and Panos, are, are really good. And, um, you know, they're, they're able to... Um, you know, get the ball forward um, for for their uh, for their forwards, and you know, cause some some great scoring opportunities. And that game yesterday against um, the, the Crows, you know, Crows have been in really good form in the SANFL case, um, and you know, to be able to, I guess, consolidate a, a solid win against um, a team that um, has probably been what the top two sides in the competition with uh, you know with North Adelaide. It's it's I think that um, you know for. For Redlegs fans, I think it's pretty exciting that, um, you know, they're hitting some good form at the right time of the year as well. Yep, 10-5 and five on the season, started slowly. Jade Rawlings doing an excellent job as coach as well, Stu. So I think Nord have got a lot to look forward to as well. And we'll speak more about the sample with Jimmy Tumpus after 10 o'clock here. And we'll go through the results and, of course... Uh, Update you with the ladder as well because it keeps changing. Glenelg from third up to top after the results yesterday. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for joining us here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. It's time for us to take a break. Still ahead, our special guest, Jimmy Tumpus from the Eagles, will join us to take to talk all about the sample. And we'll have more for you from Studio Lumo at number one King William Street here on 1629 SENSA. You're with Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher. It's the Bungie and Brettster Show. Adelaide Giants. Home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Oh, thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. Sun trying to peep through. It was out a little earlier, but now looking a little overcast. So uh, let's hope we get some nice weather for the football later today. Before we speak about the Crows, just to wrap up on Port Adelaide, of course, they play Collingwood next week at the MCG. And Bungie, there's been some sad news for Collingwood fans overnight. Yeah, there has been. And a couple of uh, their legends of, of the Collingwood Football Club have sadly passed. And 
So our condolences and uh, go out to uh, the Pickin family and also the Britt family who um, like we've lost uh, Bill Pickin and, and uh, Con Britt, uh, two greats of the Collingwood Football Club. And uh, from what I know is that apparently that um, Bill Pickin and uh, Mark McClure, apparently they're back in, it's probably a little bit before my time case, but their, uh, their battles were legendary. Back in the day, and uh, Mark McClure talks very, very fondly of a Bill Pickin. Never a dull moment when Billy was about. He used to commentate himself on the ground. <laughs> he'd, he'd Look out, Billy's cabin, here he is. Uh, and sadly, at 66, way too young, a famous number 25, 11 years, 212 games. Uh, he was just a superstar for Collingwood. And our condolences to the family. But let's switch across. We need to speak about the Crows as much as probably some people don't want to hear it. But against the Swans again, you know, they had their moments. But when you give away nine goals to two at the start of the game, well, that's a long way to come back. I think we're stating obvious if we say they want, they'd love to have that first quarter back again. But, um, you know, I think they were able to rally again, like Port Adelaide did in, against Geelong. And after uh, quarter time, they actually outscored the Swans. Which was, uh, you know, I guess they it became, ten goals to eight. Yeah, it was ten goals, ten, ten to eight goals, thirteen. But they were able to what they were able to do is uh, make the game a scrap, and they got down and dirty, and and Barry, um, Barry and Laird, I think they were really the the catalyst of that in terms of, you know, the the contested footy, winning stoppage for uh, winning ball from stoppage. Big O'Reilly, uh, so Riley O'Brien was able to get his hand on the footy, give them first use of it, and uh, they were able to to go forward. Now, the other bloke that I really liked was Dawson. Like he 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 got uh, sat on in the first quarter, was getting tagged, wasn't really having an influence at half back, and then they shifted him forward. And when he went forward, he kicked a couple of goals and uh, looked quite nice up there. So to be able, I think for Nixie that gives him a bit of confidence that he can throw um, Dawson up for. We've seen him kick that goal against Port Adelaide in the in the showdown to win the, the game there. But uh, the fact that he can actually do that, he's adding another string to his bow as well. Yeah, Barry, I thought, was uh, huge in turning around that momentum. And uh, listening to Nixie after the game, he's really helping to release Laird as well, taking a lot of that pressure off. You add keys into that mix as well. I think that on-ball uh, little group they've got there is, is playing some really good footy. I think... Wet weather footy at the moment, like they're trying to put it under pressure and then just bombing it down the line. I think their their kicks into the forward line probably let them down a little bit. They haven't got that real like lower the eyes and, and pick out players. They're just bombing it in, and I think then Listen your percentages you. start lower the to go eyes. down. Dresser, <laughs> <laughs> you've been doing your homework. The the big fellas up there. So that that three uh, prong attack that they do have up there is starting to get that continuity together that I do like. You know, seeing them, they're, they're going to get better. Obviously, they're still finding how each other works, but. Obviously, um, you know, Thilthorpe coming in and, and you know, providing another t- target there with, with Tex and Fogg um, is really starting to, yeah, it's, it, I see what they're trying to do. I like it. I just think that maybe the Crows are still struggling with that small forward spot. Now, that small forward spot, if you look across the league, um, and I was going to doing some numbers last night on it, and you look at some of the, the, the best in that position, the small forwards, and you've got probably Stengel we saw last night, you know, playing at Geelong. Cameron, um, Cozzy Pickett. If you look at their output, they're all up there and they're kicking, you know, 25 plus goals. Um, and I think that's what the Crows are sort of crying out for, that 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 next small forward to come in. Murphy does a great job in terms of his pressure and playing a really defensive role. 
But the problem with that is he doesn't hit the scoreboard. So when you're saying, Brettster, that the ball and the delivery coming in, we need that little mosquito fleet up there to be able to put the pressure on. And I think, you know, the tackles inside uh, forward 50 were a bit of a problem against the Swans yesterday. They were able to just get the ball out really quickly. So as, as quick as it was coming in, it was going back out the other way. And you need some of those uh, small forwards to be able to make some more tackles. So, you know, finding that balance and, you know, you look across the Crows forward line and when they're up and running and you've got, if you've got Thilthorpe, you've got Tex, you've got Fogg, then you've got Rochelle when he's fit, probably McAdam and that next spot is that small forward, finding who that is going to be. And the, these guys, the James Rose of the world, the Ned McHenrys and the, um, um, so I'm just going blank. <laughs> uh, but the, these guys need to hit the scoreboard more, um, you know, and they, they like, you know, kicking 10 or 12 goals as a small forward, ain't cutting the mustard um, in the competition. You've got to be in probably kicking 26 to, to 30 goals and having three or four tackles a game. Stengel was on the Crows list. He was. Should they have kept him? Well, I think circumstances probably at the time, um, you know, probably didn't work out the way it was wanted to be. And, you know, Tyson made some mistakes and it'd be nice. Hindsight's always a great thing though, Case, isn't it? To be able to keep him on the list. But, you know, he's gone on and he's 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 not looking back. He's doing some great things over Geelong. But moving forward, what the Crows, they need to develop that small forward. Well, they lost by 33 points. It was Sydney 17-16, Adelaide 12-13. And Adelaide now 16th on the ladder, 5-13. and 13. Probably not where they were expecting a little bit better than that this season, I think. Yeah, I think they would have liked to probably have finished around mid-table. They're going to look like they're going to finish in the bottom four, which is disappointing. Uh, Nixie, after the game, said, although it looks bad... Uh, he can see some really good improvements over the last 12 months in the way that they're playing, the style they're playing, which I, I tend to agree with. I think, yeah, there's just some holes and, and consistency again. Like Port Adelaide are saying maybe a seven-minute. I think the Crows are probably a quarter, quarter and a half where they let go of the game, and that and that's the big difference against these uh, these big teams. But, uh, yeah, coming in the bottom four is no good. I think that finding that balance in the midfield too, that looks like they're starting to get that, you know, Laird and Berry doing that. They probably need someone... A little bit on the outside, it's like you're saying, Bressa, with a little bit of speed, bit of class to carry that ball, break the lines, and and hit the forwards. Um, but I think there's some positive. We're we're a glass half full sort of crew here. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's it. That's it. It's, we're going to look at that. And speaking of that, I mean, uh, Tex Walker, another three goals. He just continues to produce. He kicked goals in every game he's played this year, and what he's done has been outstanding, given his trials and tribulations that uh, we all know about. I think, and also the fact that he's able to, you know, take the take the best defender most weeks and takes a lot of pressure off Fog and also uh, Phil Thorby's coming in and, and having an impact. He's one of the best guys at those forward entries. Like if you could have the luxury of bringing him up the ground a little bit and kicking in, is uh, he's pinpointing guys out. I, I love watching him kicking into the forward line, but unfortunately we need him up there. Well, there's no, there's no reason why he can't. He could, you know, Buddy does that role. We talked about Buddy before, and he's he tend to get up the ground, and his field kicking is exactly the same. So, but the problem is that yeah, you haven't got any. <laughs> you need you need text to kick it to Tex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Phil Thorpe's certainly developing, and Fogarty coming on as well as you've mentioned. So, certainly some green shoots there for the Adelaide Crows. Not all doom and gloom, although they're not going to finish as well as they would have liked. I thought they weren't out of it at the end of the game as well. They had some chances there. They had a couple. <laughs> Of drop marks in that last quarter. There was one, and then Tilthorpe missed one right in the square. And if they'd taken them, it would have 
potentially brought it back to two goals and they were right in it. But they dropped those little opportunities right at the end of the game. And next week they're playing Carlton. I think it's probably a good opportunity because they've been very up and down as well. I think, yeah, building on those moments, like taking the opportunities when they're there and you're going to get those peaks and troughs when it comes to the inconsistencies of a young side. And again, it's about just closing that gap. But if they can... You know, if they can uh, take a scalp, like you're saying, if they can beat the Blues and or push them again here at Adelaide Oval at next week, it's going to be, you know, you take you get some really good takeaways of your season and you start to build towards the end. And, you know, last round of the year might be a cracker, the showdown. Oh, isn't that going to be something to look forward to? <laughs> We've got a whole lot more to look forward to here on the Bungie and Bretster show as well. We've been on air for 30 minutes and we're still going. So, <laughs> so far, so good. Let's, uh, let's see if we can improve on it. Coming up after 10 o'clock, we'll certainly improve because Jimmy Tumpus from the Eagles is going to join us to preview the big sample game at Prospect against North Adelaide. But right now, it's time for the 10 o'clock news. Tex and Fogarty will both be in the pack. The Smalls are made over the top. The Crummer outside of the boot. Saligo. What a wicked curler that is. That's quite something. A wonderful crumbing goal. And the Crows are hanging around. They're hanging around, okay. Jake Saligo, 20 disposals. What a great pickup he has been. Big tick for the people who do the recruiting there. They cop a lot of flack. There's a good one they've got. Rochelle is another one that they've got. But a big talking point this week, Brett, before we move on to other areas, just on the AFL's the high tackle. It uh, seems we're lost. We don't know what we're doing. No, I think Joel Selwood's now played himself out of a game. Uh, he's got away with <laughs> he, he was nearly irrelevant yesterday. I mean, he's been doing it for 10 years, getting the free every week, and now... Now they're calling nothing for high tackles. Like if you drop your knees or shrug your shoulders, you'd get it every every day of the week um, coming into this week. And then now you've got to nearly be decapitated this week to get a high tackle. They've completely flipped on it. Yeah, they have. I think, you know, when it's, when it's put on notice and you know, it's right in uh, the front of mind of obviously the umpires as well and you've got Gil talking about it coming out and having a bit of a crack at, uh, you know, I, I think there's a bit of a over correction of it so i think that'll come back over the the next couple of weeks but i think that's just something that's been in our game for a long time brett's you know trying to work <laughs> out what's holding the ball what's up but what i what i think will happen is moving forward is that you'll see that you know when you see that little that little shrug and um where the high contact is at some point in time they're gonna have to call whether or not that becomes prior or that is like is it a free kick or is it prior because um, obviously, these players are putting themselves in a dangerous position to, to do that, to lift that sh- lift their arm to you know get that high contact. But I think at some point in time, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see it sort of adjust. And uh, but yeah, right now they're just sort of letting it play, which is probably not a bad thing. Play on. I, I like it. I like just letting it go. I think they've been calling it way too much. And the other one I reckon they've been struggling on all year is the incorrect disposals. Like when it's getting tapped out of guys' hands, not in tackles. I think they're uh, getting that wrong a bit. Uh, especially this week as well. Yeah, well, used to be you used to have to handball the ball to get out of trouble or put it on your boot. Now you just drop it, <laughs> throw your arms up in the air. I didn't have it. I didn't have it. So, yeah, but it's a hard game to umpire. We're making right. it even more difficult for them, and people just try and get around the rules as best you can to get an advantage. So mm. I'm sure it'll all blow over. Just quickly before we take a break, um, a draw between Richmond and Fremantle. 52 points apiece and lots of talk about do we need extra time? Do we need overtime like basketball? I tell you what, that was a great game. Yeah. Really good game. I loved it. Although it was so defensive, the pressure that they were putting on was, it was a really good game to watch. And I would love to see a couple of minutes overtime. Oh, it would be to see their desperation. But as mm. a player, when you walk off and it's a draw, I don't think there's anything more deflating. When you walk off and the siren goes, you don't know 
you don't know how to, re- it's, you just, you're in a state of shock and disbelief and it's like, well, you take the two points, but no, I would rather play on. And what about a grand final when you get a draw? Golden <laughs> point. Next week. Go, go for golden point, like like in the rugby, in, in the NRL, just go golden point if you can. Well, uh, that's what score. Damien Hardwick said post game. Why don't we just keep playing for scores level, keep playing next score wins or, you know, penalty shootout. We keep people, people kicking like goals from 45 metres out. Next, next you know score what? wins, why not? Exactly. I, I don't mind one way or the other, but 1% of games finish in a draw. It's one in every hundred. And every time it happens, we have this discussion, but I uh, I don't mind it. In fact, now it's made the, the ladder really interesting. Well, Richmond gave it away, though, didn't they? they oh, almost. my God. They oh. had that kick where he flubbed it, and then the guys ran off the line and played on. Are you kidding me? Well, it depends where that draw is, too, Case, because I went to the grand I was at the grand final of the, the draw, and uh, I think the AFL were licking their lips, thinking everyone's going to come back and pay an extra couple of bucks to come and watch the game again. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. So, uh, well, look, a lot more to get through, boys. It's time to take a break here, and it's seven minutes past ten on your Sunday morning. You're with the Bungie and Brett's the show. Hope you're enjoying it. We're going to talk sample any moment now with a great man from the Eagles, Jimmy Tumper. Stay with us. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Welcome back to the Bungie and Bretster Show here on SEN 1629 SA, our opening show. We've got plenty to talk to and plenty to talk about. And just overnight, I wanted to mention, the, obviously, women's golf on at the moment, one of the majors, the Evian Classic, and Minji Lee, who was the defending champion, well, through the third round, moving day, as they like to call it, on golf terms, um, two over 73. So she's one under and 16 shots back from Brooke Henderson, who at 17 under has the lead. It looks as though her defence is all over, but she's a two-time major winner and really doing great things for women's golf. And always tough when you talk about golf and that their margin for error is so small. I know Brett Maher was playing golf this week. Probably probably not at that standard, though. <laughs> Look, I tell you what, my margin for error is a lot bigger than hers. <laughs> I was not very good. <laughs> nah, you're all right. You hit them okay. They just don't go straight. I'd like to have at least three fairways in play when I'm playing. Oh, I don't know if we caught the other one, uh, case of Kelsey Lee Barber, the Australian javelin throw. We didn't, uh, which is probably a little bit older news, but the fact that she went back to back, the first Australian, uh, well, the first female ever to win back to back javelin world titles in the throw of 66.91 metres, absolutely phenomenal. It was fantastic. I mean, the results at the World Championships, which are on in America at the moment in Eugene, Oregon, have been outstanding. You mentioned Kelsey Lee Barber going back to back in the javelin. And, you know, look, we've had some great results there as well. Eleanor Patterson won the high jump. Uh, and did it in fine style as well. But it's interesting. It's all females that have been doing uh, this. And you mentioned back-to-back. Well, there's only three other Aussies who have been back-to-back at the World Champs. Kathy Freeman in the 400, Yana Pittman in the 400 hurdles, Sally Pearson in the 100 hurdles. So our women leading the charge. Not bad company that all right there, Bresta. Yeah, they're doing all right, aren't they? Um, some really good results. I don't normally expect to see us doing well in athletics, but... When we do, it's great to see. And not Australian, though. There's one that I did pick up on. Sydney McLaughlin. Don't know if you, you uh, took notice of her, but 400-metre hurdlist. She ran a world record of 50.68 seconds. But what's more incredible, Bretzler, is that that record, before she entered this competition, had not been beaten for 33 years. Wow. She's broken the record four times in the last 13 months. 
Wow. Our own record. The, the unfortunate thing when you talk athletics, when you talk cycling and records start falling is the drug issue, isn't it? That gets brought up and, and we hope that's not happening. But I just love seeing records fall anyway. I, I like to see the best uh, get even better. And Noah Lyles in the 200, in the men's 200, who broke Michael Johnson's record. I was actually at uh, that race in 1996 where he uh, ran in those gold shoes. I was lucky enough to uh, get a ticket to oh, I you say. You go lucky see that at the, the, uh, the Olympics. No, no. I, could, I wasn't down that close to the track, <laughs> let me tell you. But uh, that was a pretty good effort too, 19.31 over 200. That would be uh, just quicker than you, I'd imagine, these days. <laughs> You could probably do that in your car. I've seen Brett in his gold shoes. They're, uh, they're special numbers. Uh, you're with the Bungie and Brett's the show here with this special guest, me, John Casey. You can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154166, which Brett has done. Good morning, guys. Get rid of the AFL draw. It looks ridiculous. And at a sporting event, there should be a winner, but all the boring old dinosaurs will come out and say, yeah, it looks silly. It's boring and it doesn't work, but we have to keep it because of tradition. Well, Fair enough, Brett. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Just yep, let's see. That's a good idea, Brett. Let's let's get rid of it. Let's make it more exciting. You know, get more fans to the game. People, younger people coming through, attract more people like you, Brett, to, to watch the game. <laughs> I uh, I agree. I think it should uh, get scrapped. Let's just uh, play five minutes or golden goal, whatever you want. I think there's a lot of different options, but the draw it is. Too old school. I just love to see the desperation of everyone having a crack. Mm. Be like that, Port Adelaide go. Everyone else is, everyone's out, out on their feet trying to get the ball forward. Uh, now, uh, we've got another text. This is anonymous. Says, lads, would love your opinions whether Port's list just isn't good enough with a 1-8 record against top teams. I think it is. Uh, they've had, although they haven't beaten a lot of those top teams, they've been right there. They've only lost by a couple of goals to the top two sides in the competition. And I think they've got a very good list at the moment that are right around. They just uh, have to string it together for the, the whole game. Yeah, I, I think the, the other thing, and Case, you touched on it a bit earlier as well, is just that uh, I think it's that defensive mechanism, being able to try and do, um, yeah, slow opposition down, deny them the opportunity to score. And uh, as, as Case said, I think those turnover score, t- scores from turnovers are the ones that really hurt them. So if they can fix that defensive mechanism up in terms of their team defense and be able to uh, stop that uh, that leakage there, I think you know you might save yourself a couple of goals and look at the result last night. That gets you across the line. Only one team's going to win the premiership. Every, you know, so I think sometimes we're a little bit hard on our teams. Yeah, we want to see them win every week, but they're not going to win every week. They're not going to win the premiership every year. But we've got time just to take a quick break here at the moment. So stay with us here on the Bungie and Brett's The Show. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brett's The Show. Yes, welcome back. Our opening show of the season, proudly brought to you, as we mentioned there, by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors and the Adelaide Giants. Can't wait for the baseball season to get underway. They're part of the Polygra Group, and they are always in the mix. They're always in the mix, so get around and support them if you can. Now, I'm John Casey, and despite being completely out of my weight division with two of the superstars of South Australian sport and Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher, I'm happy to press on and we'll continue on. I just wanted to say we've got a text from Bill from Queenstown. Great show, gentlemen. 
So thanks for that support. And he wants to know how many players will be available for the Crows under the sample finals rules. So last count, I did it about a week ago, it was around 16. They're not going to have all the players that have played. You have to have played more sample games than AFL games and at least four after June 30 or something along those lines. But they're going to be competitive, but they're not going to be at their absolute strongest. And one man who can tell us more about that is Jimmy Tumpus, and he's going to join us from the Eagles at their big game against North Adelaide today. Jimmy, thanks uh, for sharing your Sunday morning with us. Thank you, Case. How are you going? Very well indeed. And this is a big game for the Eagles. Uh, you're under a little bit of pressure at the moment. We're not used to seeing this when you're the two-time defending champions. Yeah, we are under the pump a little bit. Um, it has been a difficult year in terms of continuity with form and personnel. Um, but yeah, today in particular is going to be a real challenge against a really white-hot North Adelaide who came off a loss last week. So uh, yeah, it'll be a tight contest. Speaking of continuity, Tom Bungie here, mate. I just wanted to uh, say congratulations on your 100th game last week. And uh, it, um, it has has been a bit of a, a struggle to get there, hasn't it? You, I don't think you've played five, is it five games this year? Yeah, I think that was my fifth game on the weekend. Yeah, thank you, Bunch. I appreciate <laughs> that, mate. Yeah, it has been a, a, a tough um, a tough year. And I haven't been used to it. I guess I've, I've been somewhat lucky with my body in terms of getting, you know, at least 20 games a year in. This year's been quite difficult. But um, it was nice to, I guess, kick off a milestone for 100 games last week. We're building uh, towards the finals there, mate. Freshen yourself up. But if you, I was just going to say, I think it's been a calf issue. Is that the, is that what it has been with you? Because um, Brettster's uh, had a, had a lot of those in his career, and he's pretty good at giving out advice. So if you're looking for something, maybe you know some sort of remedy <laughs> or something like that, he might be able to help you out. I'll take I'll take any advice I can at the moment. So far, I'm getting you're turning old, as it's an old man injury. So that's the best I've got so far. So Brett, if you have got anything else better for me, please please hit me up. I'll just keep taking the paychecks as long as you can. That's my best advice, just drag it out. But you said about that continuity. You've had a lot of injuries this year through the team. Uh, it must be hard when you're just trying to flood in new players each week to cover those. Oh, look, it is. Um, and we've, I guess, been fortunate in the sense over the last couple of years to not have this issue and we've been really healthy. And, and that's probably what you need, um, a bit of luck coming into flags. However, you look at it conversely and we've been able to provide some pretty pretty amazing opportunities to some kids who have done it the, the hard way and, and one in particular is your young lad Bungie in Connor he's he's come in and, and sorted and played a really really solid role for us on a wing uh, and then you look at you know Ryan Bruce, Zach Buck, Max Lister who have come in and played some really good footy and, and bided their time so yes it's been difficult from a, a form perspective but you look at it and you provided some opportunities to some young kids who probably haven't got it in the last couple of years. And, Jimmy, no panic bells ringing just at the moment because if you win today, you're going to move into the top five and push Sturt out. So you're right there in the mix at the moment. You've got a home game next Sunday against Adelaide and then the following week against Sturt before you finish down at Lunga against South Adelaide. So you need to be finding good form, though. You need to start putting some uh, good performances together. No, I agree. I agree. It's definitely not panic stations, however... I was watching the footy over the weekend and um, yeah, from the AFL point of view and they actually put up a, a graph that showed the last, I think, five or six premiership teams over the last couple of years and, and their form leading into finals have been really good. Um, you know, you probably need to win four or five out of your last um, five or six games to be competitive and, and we're sort of on that 
stroke at the moment. So we, we don't want to sort of limp into finals if we get there. We really want to start building over the next few weeks. It's not panic stations. However, we do need to start playing some better footy. Oh, winning form is good form. And uh, going in this week, obviously, uh, North have, have been pretty good, mate. Um, where, where do you see that the game um, is going to be won? Obviously, they've got some, some real speed in their midfield group of uh, uh, Will and Campbell Coombs and, and Wig and, and Young have been pretty good for them. Yeah, oh, that, that's exactly where it's going to be. One on loss. I think possessions over the comp one and two is Aaron Young and Harrison Wig. So we're going to do a, a probably a, a job on one or, one or both of those two players just to try and quell their influence. Um, we probably won't do it uh, entirely throughout the game. They're really, really exceptional players. However, we need to somehow quell the influence. And I think no matter what game, yeah, most of one in the midfield, that, that is a cliche, but... Um, it's, uh, I think, really applicable to this game. So we'll we'll put a lot of time and effort into our midfield, I reckon. Do they give that job to an ageing veteran with a dodgy calf? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. They want Tom getting on the end of it and delivering the ball in the forward line, as we were talking about with the, with the Crows game, eh? We, he's he's uh, the, the Rolls-Royce on uh, you know, delivering the footy. <laughs> well, he, that's... I think... That... Um, sorry, you go, guys. No, you, mate. I, was just, I think it's going to be a team effort. There'll be a few of us that'll have that role. I'll be playing throughout the wing and midfield. So will Riley Knight, so will Dylan Clark, so will Joey Sinor. So I think it's going to be a team effort. Um, but there will be times where I'll be on a young or, or Knight will be on a wig. Um, it, it's just going to be whoever's matched up on them at that point in time. Hopefully the old vet who has a, a dodgy calf will be able to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy, it's uh, Brett here. I just wanted to get your thoughts coming from the AFL in, back into the SANFL. Uh, the differences in rules with that last touch going out of bounds and the 25-metre penalty instead of 50s, uh, do you think those are some really good rules that could be brought into the AFL? Oh, I do. And I think if you spoke to 99% of um, sample players, they uh, are a big pro, particularly for the, the last touch out of bounds. I think it just removes any doubt, you know, which way it's going to go and creates some sort of simplicity for the umpires as well. Um, with the 25 metres, I'm neither here nor there. I think 50 metres can be a real um, stiff penalty, particularly when you get a shot on goal. So I'm an advocate for both of those two roles, whether the AFL are going to do it. I know they met with the sample and that was um, on their agenda a couple of months ago. Whether they uh, introduced it to the AFL, I'm not too sure, but I- I'd be an advocate for it, absolutely. With the last touch rule, Jimmy, are you surprised at the work rate of some of your teammates to actually uh, push to the boundary when that uh, that occurs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you saw some of my high-speed numbers to get a couple of those last week, you'd be absolutely shocked. So, no, I- I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. It's an easy stat you can get. <laughs> Well, look, the results so far in round 16, Norwood defeated the Adelaide Crows by 12 points yesterday. South Adelaide upset Sturt in a close game by six points. It was 8-7 to 7-7. Glenelg, well, they had a tough win against West Adelaide just by nine points. And last night, Port Adelaide defeated Central District by 23 points. So three of the four games decided so far by two goals or less. It's a great comp, Jimmy. And right now, who's who do you think is the team to beat? Who's the toughest opponent you've had this season? Yeah, I agree. The comp is as even as I've seen it in a long time. Um, usually you do have a couple of teams who are by far and away the better teams and there's, you know, at the bottom, the easy beats so-called. However, you know, Westies, Port, Central's there. They're knocking off teams above them at the moment. Um, I'd suggest you probably look at North Adelaide for me. It's probably the team to beat at the moment. Um, like you alluded to, 
in your preload before I, I jumped on case. Crows and Port, when they make finals, are somewhat hampered in, in the listed boys they get. So, depending on what team they get, um, they're sort of limited to that. However, I reckon North Adelaide are probably the team to beat at the moment. And we've got them today, which is a great test. And as far as players this time of year, we start to uh, look at McGeary medal uh, favourites, etc. Who Who do you think stood out in that front? I'm going to be a bit biased here, and I play with, um, I think, the best mid in the competition, probably the best player in the competition in Riley Knight. Um, he's put us on his shoulders a few times this year and got us over the line. Uh, he's been absolutely exceptional. Um, and you probably appreciate the players you play with more so than the ones that you don't. You see them week out, week in, week out, and see what they actually do for your team. So I'd be pretty surprised if Riley Knight doesn't win it or isn't top two, and I think Aaron Young's probably the other one who's had a really exceptional year, really consistent year as well, and impacted on the scoreboard. So I think those two will probably be up there. Yeah, well, Riley Knight averaging 31 disposals, uh, played 13 to the 14 games. He's been outstanding. And just a comment, uh, Jimmy, on Cam Ellis-Yolman. When I went down to uh, training when he first arrived a couple of weeks ago, you forget how big. We talk about big-bodied <laughs> midfielders. Well, look he's it up big, in the dictionary. He's a big man. And there's a picture of Cam Ellis-Yolman there. And I just get the impression that he's starting to warm to the task. Yeah, I think so. I, he's been playing Quaffle this year and... That is a couple of levels below sample. So I think it is starting to adjust to sample level. We saw that probably in the second half last week against Glenelg. He really impacted, particularly on the scoreboard. So he may play a little bit more time for just with the mix we have this today. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be really crucial over the next four weeks. And hopefully we'll make finals, and hopefully he plays a big role in that because he's a huge addition. And I agree, that chest is insane. You wouldn't want to get away with it. Away with it. <laughs> that, was that a drive-by? I, just thought... <laughs> nah, I was. Uh, I actually saw Camp uh, the last couple of weeks, and uh, he was he was definitely blowing the uh, he was blowing the big ones at uh, the, the game uh, against Port Adelaide, and uh, you know that that coming from uh, Labrador uh, into the SNFL, as Jimmy uh, alluded to, couple of couple of levels down, and uh, yeah, it took him about oh, about. A, I would say about a half to three quarters to actually get a feel for the game yeah, and then start to get his hands on it. I was at, yeah, uh, no, he's going to be good. I was at the game last week, Jimmy, against the Bays, and you guys got blown out in that uh, first quarter down by about He's a Bays 50. man, by the way, Jimmy. He's a, he barracks for the Bays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you guys done to address the start uh, for this week against North Adelaide? Yeah, it was a really disappointing start. Uh, and it's a tough one to address. We thought we were... Um, we thought we were really good in terms of vibe and, and feel around pre-game last week. So it is it is a difficult one. I think what we've gone through this week is, is our training on Wednesday night in particular and made sure the standard there was really, really high. And it really was. So uh, all we can do is look internally. And um, I think every individual needs to take it upon themselves. We can't rely on Riley Knight or Joey Sinor to get us over the line, which they have done multiple times this year. It has to be... 22 blokes contributing today, and that is another cliche, but it's so true. I think we did rely on those two boys last week to try and get over over the line, particularly in the first few minutes. So I, I think it's every individual needs to look into it themselves and, and take ownership of their performance. It's a big game, Jimmy, going to be live and free on Channel 7 from 2 o'clock from Prospect. You've actually lost your last six opening quarters was something that I noticed uh, just researching the game ahead of the call. And obviously it's not just last week, but it's uh, it's, it's starting to uh, become a pattern there and something you need to change quickly. 
I didn't know that. Today's, <laughs> today's a day case. So we put a Devon on it. Today's a day case. Well, North Adelaide have got other ideas. Jacob Surgeon's all up and about at the moment, and so he should be. They've done an outstanding job at the Roosters. Top two in the league, top two in the reserves, top two in the under-18s. Really going well. And he's turned things on its head there, Jimmy. So uh, congratulations to Jacob Surgeon, who you know well from your Port Adelaide days. He's got a big enough, big enough head case. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks very much for your time today. I hope the Eagles uh, play well and we get a good contest uh, against North Adelaide. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the show as well. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Jimmy Tumpus, our special guest here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. And just after 10.30, it's time for the news. Stay with us here. We've got a lot more coming your way on our opening show. Adelaide Giants. Home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. We are the Bungie and Bretster Show with me, a special guest, John Casey, on 1629 SENSA. We really appreciate the support of Australian Motors Mitsubishi and the Adelaide Giants. And Mayhem Collectibles have also jumped on board as well. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles on the parade at Norwood. Brett Mars always down there having fun. It's a great store. If you want to go get some Pokemon cards or NBA cards, it's the place to go. What's a, what's a Brett Maher card sell? for these days? Ooh. Oh, I think uh, they pay you to take them off their hands, I think. <laughs> 35 cents, I reckon. Oh, yeah. oh, I'll have bargain. two. I'll have two. I'll get, I'll, actually, I've got three kids. I've got to get three. But, uh, Brett, what's, uh, this has come in from Anonymous on the text line. Brett, what's your free throw record in the work gym? That's Oh, no, it's from Bryce from Bel Air. Um, thanks, Bryce, for this SMS. Uh I did uh, get down there one day and uh, knocked in 172 in a row, but uh, wow. other than that, uh, <laughs> I think that was a one-off. Seven two in a row. Yes, yeah. Jesus, I, I don't, I don't believe that. But uh, I have seen him <laughs> shoot. He shot 42, I reckon, on my court one I day. I think I have your and record then at your place. I'll tell you yeah. a little quick story. Case is that one day I had uh, Eddie Betts over my house, and uh, he was uh, he rates himself a basketball, and he. Uh, he was talking to some of the boys and he looked at uh, Brett's there and the boys are having a bit of a shootout competition and he, uh, he picked the wrong target and he said, hey, you want to have a, have a shoot off out the back of you? And he came back in and he said, hey, that bloke, he's not bad, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he can play. He beat me. He beat me. No one beats me. And I was like, mate, that's the greatest 36 that you've ever played the game. <laughs> got to pick him up. had no idea. I probably only just got him though. <laughs> Really appreciate the feedback from Phil H from Happy Valley as well. Well done on giving Sample what it deserves on the show. And that's big coverage. And that's what we're all about here on the Bungie and Brett's show. We want to speak about South Australian sport. Want to keep it local. We're going to be diverse as well. But all about pumping up the South Australian sports and sports people. So if there's something on your mind, get involved. You can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. You can also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, Bungie and Bretster. Google that and you'll find the guys. And you'll be able to relive some of the past memories that uh, they put up during two years of podcasts and some great challenges that I might have 
got the suggestion there that a couple of those challenges, there may have been a modicum of alcohol involved as well, <laughs> just to just to loosen things up. From one part of the uh, show, definitely, Case. But um, we we actually, we've been talking about this for a while. We've got some coming up, so you might have to partake in uh, a couple of our challenges. I reckon... Uh, I reckon Casey would go all right. I think uh, we were holding off the uh, hot chilli challenge just for you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you're holding that one off. But uh, speaking of the past, let's delve into the past a little bit here with Andrew McLeod, one of the greatest AFL players ever in the history of the game. And a couple of weeks ago, you had some time to spend here in Adelaide with the Dacos boys who are doing great things for Collingwood at the moment. Of course, their dad, Peter Dacos, a 250 game of the magician. I think he invented some of the things that are most exciting about football at the moment. But Josh and Nick Dacos, uh, tell us how that unfolded, Bungie. Oh, it's not the first time case and, uh, you know, probably not a good one for, uh, they, for the Crows people, but they, they did uh, reach out as before they played the Crows on, on Saturday. Um, and I spent some time with them on the Friday night. And um, like I said, it's not the first time I've been contacted by uh, clubs to have a chat. And um, it was good. It was nice to be able to, to I guess, impart some of your knowledge um, and, and talk to them about, um, obviously, uh, we play similar positions. Um, they wanted to, to pick my brain around you know, preparation, performance and, and mindset in a lot of scenarios, you know, getting tagged, um, different sorts of things in game, like how you prepared your body when you've had injuries. What do you, what did you do to get a bit of a, uh, I guess, a competitive advantage by, uh, in way of, you know, the prep, not just around physical prep, but also mental prep, um, which is such a big part of the game these days. And yeah, it was nice to be able to just, uh, to, to sit down and, uh, you know, have a chat with these boys and, and I'll tell you what, I was so impressed with, um, you know, very respectful, very inquisitive, um, have this, um, very, very obviously, um, you know, very come from a humble, uh, uh, family. And, you know, I think their dad uh, has a lot to do with that as well. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just nice that, um, you, you, you get to, cause I haven't played for 10 years. So it's nice when these guys reach out and actually want to pick your brain and, and have a chat. I did it a few years ago also with the, with some of the Essendon players, um, around, um, the same sort of stuff. And, um, you know, when, when you find out, uh, what they're going, it's very similar, I guess, um, uh, situations that they're going through right now is as I was going through when I was playing. And did you um, lean on anyone when you were in your rookie year? Yeah. Oh, look, probably not in my rookie year. Um, I was just, uh, you know, probably a little bit wet behind the ears and just, you know, sort of uh, head down and bum up. But I think I had some blokes inside, inside, uh, you know, the, the Crows team at the time that I could lean on and blokes that had gone through a little bit of that. Um, you know, the Mark Rusciutos of the world, the Mark Bickleys of the world were really good. Chris McDermott was a great, uh, I guess, mentor in my first year as well. Helped me through a lot of that. But, you know, I guess now that, um, and, and back in, I think, you know, back, back then it was, you were very insulated in terms of your own team. Whereas now, um, you know, with, with everything that goes on, I don't think there's a lot of that rivalry and a lot of that, um, uh, I guess, hate towards other teams doesn't really exist now. And these guys tend to get along pretty well with each other. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're on a, obviously, um, on their own, own, on their own pathways in terms of playing really good footy. Um, Nick's had a, uh, you know, a, a amazing first, first Incredible, season. isn't it? Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to be able to, I guess, um, you know, sit there and talk to them and 
when they say, oh, you're, you, you're one of my favorite players growing up and, you know, you, you sort of go through that. And if you can impart some knowledge onto them and I'm, you know, they basically for an hour and a half just threw question after question at me, Brett's there and just said, you know, what do you do here? What did you do there? Blah, 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 blah. And um, went on to have a pretty good game against the Crows, didn't they? Yeah, we, don't, we, <laughs> won't, we, won't, we won't go too yeah, much. Thanks that. for that, Bungie. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry about that. But it got me thinking about, um, you know, those people that you did, you, you, you might have leaned on in your time. And um, I was thinking about myself as a player and what, what I, um, you know, I was, I was pretty lucky. And I guess I grew up in a time or well, I was playing in a time where we had some of the greats of the game playing, um, some of the greatest players to play the game. And I had an opportunity to, to go away um, at, um, in the Australian side, uh, myself, Mark Rusciuto and, and Simon Goodwin. And we traveled to Ireland and we had a star studded Australian side. And um, I was lucky enough, uh, well, I was lucky enough uh, to, to be room uh, roommate with James Hurd. Wow. Um, pretty scary for a young, yep, like I, was, I, I was pretty young and, you know, he's the greatest player and he's the best player in the competition at the time, Brownlow medalist. And, uh, I got to room with him, but it was just, it was so good to be able to sit with guys like him. Um, Craig Bradley was there as well, Brett Ratton and talk about preparation and how guys prepare differently, how guys, um, you know, both, both physically and mentally and what they did. I was having my, my challenges with my knee at the time as well. And, and just working through things like that. And so picking each other's brain, like picking brains. And what little did I know that they were picking my brain at the same time. And as a young bloke, you don't think that. And, uh, you know, it, it was good. It was good for, to, to be able to have those sort of conversations and, um, you know, things around what they did to, um, and, and what you thought what you thought was the norm and versus what they thought was the norm was great. So I was thought, well, that's a great, great thing to be talking about around, um, you know, sharing um, the way that you prepared yourself and the way to get yourself up, Marzi, and you would have had some some uh, blokes in in your time to be able to some some greats of basketball that have gone on to to do amazing things that you would have um, certainly you know been able to have a chat with and and find some uh, I guess some little little click little niches that that they did. Yeah, some nice little nuggets along the way, I think. Uh, like your preparation for the game, I think that changes for a lot of players. Like as you go through your career, your preparation changes, obviously, with the problems you're going through with your body, etc. But I was lucky enough at the Olympics to uh, play with Luke Longley, who obviously won a few championships with the Bulls alongside the greatest player of all time in Michael Jordan. And every time we're on the bus, I'd try and sit next to him. <laughs> And ask him, how did Michael Jordan do this? What did Michael, how did he cope with this? And like, because what he had to cope with, just arriving at games was ridiculous. Arriving at a hotel, he would have to go in the back door, get escorted up away from all the fans. And uh, it's just a whole new level. But finding out what the greatest do and where you compare and how much time they put into it and listening and reading up on stories about Kobe Bryant, etc. It's just amazing the dedication, the mindsets that the greatest go through and and what you've got to do to reach that level. And that's the difference between an average player and a very, very good player, I think, is that mindset stuff and how you cope. And isn't it great that someone like Luke Long is always happy and prepared to chat, let you know, give you all the information, anything that he's learned, he's happy to share it. He's just a fantastic ambassador for sport in Australia. Oh, it's, it's great. And I hear the basketballers, they tend to do that a lot, share that. And um, I was listening to uh, Clay Thompson talk the other day around the time that he was, he spent, um, you know, with, obviously he plays with Steph Curry and he's he's got um, some, some incredible players a- around him. But, um, you know, he talked about his re- rehabilitation and 
Um, you know, he was a young bloke. His dad was a commentator for the Lakers and he spent um, some time watching there and those players um, always, you know, had time for him. And he talked about the, the impact and the influence of Kobe Bryant. So going through his rehab where he didn't play for two years, he, he um, actually talked about the mumba mentality, which we're all aware of, um, which got him through his rehabilitation. Interested to know, Bungie, when you're talking to the Dacos boys, the pressure that they would face father-son, like having such a, a great father, legend of the game. Uh, I love watching him play. Uh, the immense pressure that coming through as a kid, getting into the league, um, that pressure they face. And obviously you've got your son now coming up through the Eagles. And uh, what advice did you give him on that? Oh, I just, I actually asked them straight out, you know, it was, it was good for me to be able to, I was asking a lot of questions of them and I just said, obviously, sons of the great man, how did, how do you, how did you handle it? And you know, what was, how did dad go about it? Um, what does he say? And it was just a bit about the way that, that they did it as a family. Dad was, uh, you know, never put a lot of pressure on him. Um, he just, yeah, very supportive as well around what they did. Um, and Nick would say, you know, I might have had two handballs with the game come in and dad would say, how good was that handball? You know, the type of thing and pumping <laughs> yeah. your kids up. And I think that, that, that really showed me that there's a role that you need to play in terms of, and you do as a, as a parent. Um, but it, it, probably for me, it's, um, I guess just, uh, validated what we, what I was doing as a dad, you know, not trying to, to push and just to sit back and, um, be that support mechanism. If they do come to you, you can impart some advice and whatnot and, they even said to me, like, if you ever, if your lad ever wants to have a chat, we'd love to have a chat. Um, and, and you know, I just think that's you know, so humbling and so nice of these guys, like I said. And uh, because, you know, I, I think our athletes that these days don't get a great rap. You see a lot of the negative stuff that happens in there, but you know, just to for these young blokes that are doing some some really positive things um, on the on the footy field, also off the field as well. And just quickly, we know you support Connor really well. You and your wife will go to every game he plays and you like to stay in the background. You don't want to make it about yourself. It must be difficult though. People are coming up. Here's the great Andrew McLeod and it must be difficult along the road for Connor. Oh, he handles it, handles it very differently to, to what I would case. And um, I think that's, you know, a testament to him. But it's just that you just go out and play. And he doesn't care. You might carry the name, but um, as the Dacos boys do, you carry the name. But you just go out and play. You're there to play, have fun. You play the team way. Um, and you just go and, and play that to your best ability. I'll tell you one story. Barry Michael is a very good friend of mine, world boxing champion. You spoke about they were picking your brain just when you thought you were picking theirs. And Barry told me this famous story that when he fought Lester Ellis in Melbourne for the world title, and he had schooled and taught and got Lester to a chance to fight for the world title. It just so happened that Barry had won the world title and they were fighting one another. And they met in the middle of the ring before the fight. And Barry said he grabbed him and brought, dragged him right up to his face. And he said, Lester... I've taught you everything you know, <laughs> but not everything I, I know. know. Yeah. And just pushed him back and away they went. And it was a fantastic fight, a great memory for me. But that's people picking your brains. And speaking of people picking your brains, we'll pick ours if you like. Get involved. It's the Bungie and Brett's the show. We've got time now to take a short break here at 1629 SENSA and hope you can stay with us. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
And we're pleased to have you with us here on a Sunday morning. Again, the sun just peeping through at the moment, about 18 degrees, and we are certainly looking forward to some sample coming up uh, a little later today with North Adelaide and the Eagles. You'll be able to see that game live on Channel 7 from 2pm, and SEN are doing the radio call as well, Bungie. They certainly are, and these guys text me to make sure we pump them up too, Case, is uh, Bonds and Rossi. They do a fantastic job on uh, the SEN network, and they, uh, they're out there today, so... North Adelaide and Eagles, what a cracker game. Really looking forward to it. But so we've got Mr. Basketball here in the studio, so be remiss of us not to talk some hoops with the great one, Brett Maher, and plenty going on at the moment too, Brett. There's heaps going on in the basketball world. We might as well uh, start off with the NBA Summer League, which has just wrapped up, and out of the plethora of Australian players that went over to participate, Jack White is probably the only one at this stage that secured a contract, a two-way deal with the Denver Nuggets. Um, really good to see. Came out of Duke. He's had some pretty big injury troubles. He's got over them. Had a great season with Melbourne last year and really happy to see him get his crack at the NBA and also take a great player away from Melbourne United. Is always good to see. But, <laughs> well, they so, stole Isaac Humphreys from Adelaide yeah, to what, replace him. What's almost. going on there? Exactly. They've taken Isaac, but uh, I think we've got some big names that we're still in the hunt for to kind of fill that spot. So we'll see what happens. And just on Jack White, you mentioned it's a two-way contract with the Denver Nuggets. So that means that he's going to get paid $500,000 whether he plays in the NBA or their feeder team in the G League. And that's the way that it works. He can't play finals. There's 15 players on each NBA roster. They have two two-way players, as they call them, who can come in and out of the team, uh, can only play a set amount of games, and as I say, can't play finals. But that's not to say that he won't be uh, picked up and made to into a full contract. But 500K, I'm guessing he was probably in the 250, 300, 350 uh, estimate there playing with Melbourne United. So it's not all about the money. It's about the opportunity. Yeah, it is. And some others that might uh, get a look in, obviously Matthew Delavadova from Melbourne, they're saying is an outside chance of getting picked up by the Sacramento Kings, of course. They're coached by Mike Brown, who coached him in Cleveland. So he obviously likes the way he plays, and he'll be an outside chance there. Luke Travers didn't get picked up, the forward from the Perth Wildcats. He was playing with Cleveland, uh, so he'll be back for Perth. Drafted and... number 56 by Cleveland. What they do is they draft these guys, let them develop a bit, and then bring them over when they're ready. He wasn't that far away on what I saw in the summer league. Didn't have huge numbers, but you could just tell that he belonged. And I think that the NBA does beckon. Yeah, definitely. What what I am looking forward to this NBA season is seeing that combo at OKC. Josh Giddy, who we obviously follow closely after his season here with the 36ers, playing with Chet Holmgren and that combination uh, in the summer league looked like it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, and he he's hasn't he taken his game to an, another level mm. as well. And um, I, I see that um, uh, he he was being touted as the best passer. In the NBL, in the NBA. Yeah, his vision yep. is outstanding. I guess he's 6'8", he can see over a lot of the players um, and he's good. I just want to quickly also touch on Jock Landale going to the Phoenix Suns. I hope he gets a lot more opportunity than what he got at San Antonio. And Joe Ingles, um, one of our friends of our show. Uh, a guest? Coming, he's coming, going to be a guest on the show, yeah, I'm told. Oh, well, hopefully. <laughs> coming back from his knee surgery and how, playing with the Milwaukee his rehab, Bucks. How so, is his rehab going? So, well, I saw some footage of him. He's looking a bit proppy at this stage, but he's got a very good work ethic and he'll be back. He's going to be a good pickup as well. And uh, I'm sure we still haven't seen the best of Joe because he wants to play at the Olympics in 2024 and he'll keep himself 
fit and ready to go for that. And speaking of the Boomers and the Opals, mm. last night we saw the Boomers move through to the Asia Cup final. They're the defending champions. They defeated New Zealand last night, 85-76. So they've won five straight games. They're going to play Jordan in the final. Is it Jordan or Lebanon? Uh, sorry, Lebanon. Lebanon, Lebanon yeah. in the final. Lebanon beat Jordan 86-85 in the other semi. So Lebanon beat Jordan by one point. We beat Jordan by 18. So uh, nothing is ever across the line. And people talk about the Asia Cup. What is the importance of it? We're playing teams that obviously aren't competitive against us in terms of our best. But it's all about growing the game and making sure that these teams get experience. And a lot of our young players are getting some great experience. So I'm, I'm really liking uh, McDowell White has been good. McCarron from Adelaide, uh, I think, has been excellent in that leadership and Thon role. Maker. And Thon Maker has been excellent. Those three stood out in that game against New Zealand. And most people said that was probably the grand final right yeah. there. And it was... Uh, and full was, credit to the Kiwis. They played well. Mm. Uh, but, you, yeah, you mentioned Will McDowell White. He's the son of Daryl White, triple premiership player with Brisbane. He's been to the G League. He He's an outstanding talent. And I can see him playing for Australia at the next Olympics in 2024. His talent comes from his mother's side, Case. Is that uh, true? Not his father's side. His, <laughs> his mother, Bianca, is my cousin, actually. Oh, hello. <laughs> so, no, he is, but he's, he's done some great things. And... Um, yeah, that, that whole family, they're, they're very, very talented. They are. They are superstars. And as I say, we haven't seen the best of him. Can we move on to the Opals yeah, just quickly? Yeah, let's touch on that. Because they're, they're, they're in the Canada. States. Yeah, they're going to play Canada in a couple of practice games, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, in their couple of last games, really, or build up towards the World Cup uh, later this year. And they're going to be selecting their squad. And the big news story out of that, obviously, is having Lauren Jackson come back yeah. after nine years out of the game, 41 years old. Um, I really hope she does well. I really do. She's one of the greatest of all time. Does she make the 12? Uh, I mean, what she brings on the positive side, obviously, is that mentoring. Um, her skill and ability is still right there. I've been watching the footage of her, although a lot of those games are against pretty average competition, but she's still got a lot of those skills. And the position she plays, she doesn't have to be super quick. But she her can, size she, is still there. She can still shoot it. She can, she can do score. it on the inside and the outside, which is... is Something that a lot of those big girls can't don't tend to do. The the only thing there's two things I worry about. The international level, the speed and quickness jumps up remarkably from where she's been playing. I hear and, you. And, and you know what I've seen of her on the NBL one. That's the thing that's impressed me the most. It's not the thirty points, fifteen boards. It's her ability to grab a board and be first player up the floor. She knows that's going to be key, and she's proving to me that she. She can play a role off the bench, 10, 15 minutes, and she can be a game-breaker, an X-factor. She can win a game for Australia when someone needs to stand up. I mean, she stopped nine years ago, probably due to some injuries uh, and some injury worries then, and that's my concern now at 41, uh, whether she can stay injury-free. But if she's only playing that minor role coming off the bench, then I think she can be a very important part. And downside to this, uh, I have to point out, these games against Canada will not be on TV. Now, mm. I'm sorry, and I understand they're closed games, et cetera, et cetera, but we've got the Women's World Cup of Basketball being played in Sydney in August, September, October, or September, October. These games should be on TV. Last night I was watching two NBL1 teams playing in WA because it was the time frame. So I can watch players of that ilk 
any day of the week, yet I can't watch the Australian Opal. So mitigating circumstances for Basketball Australia. But in this day and age, we need to be able to see the, those Opals coming into a World Cup. They're such a good team too. So much talent. And that final 12 is going to be exciting. And, and we'll be right up there in that medal hunt as well. We've got the Commonwealth Games coming up as well. Just a quick shout out to the South Australians. We've got Alex... Wilson is replacing Annalie Maley in that list. Lauren Mansfield from SA. And Marina Whittle, who's just signed with the Adelaide Lightning, uh, is going to be on that team with Lauren Scherf. So they'll be a great chance. And the men have also been performing well. Our very own Daniel Johnson from the 36ers will be joining Jess Wagstaff, Greg Hire, and Thomas Wright. Uh, so I look forward to seeing that in the Commonwealth Games. And that's games. 3x3, not the five-on-five variety. So, yep, a lot to look forward to. And, of course, all the Commonwealth Games action live on Channel 7. Look, we're closing in on the 11 o'clock news. More of the Bungie and Bretster show live from Studio Lumo at number one King William Street on 1629 SENSA right after this. Minutes gone and there's the siren! The Panthers hang on. They couldn't hang on last week. They hang on today. And the final score, they've come from behind. They were down at halftime by 16 points. They win by a goal. 8-7 to 7-7. Ah, the dulcet tones of Paul Bonza, who does some great work here on SENSA, the Eagles radio show, as well as all the commentary, and going to be out there today to call Eagles against North Adelaide, as will Channel 7 as well. And, uh, well, the sample season really starting to take shape. Looking forward to that as well. It's right on four minutes past 11 here on the Bungie and Brett's show. Brett Maher, Andrew McLeod. I thought I'd throw the names around yes, the other I way. like it. But someone was kicking me under the table. <laughs> but I think uh, we, know, we, we, we all know who the star is here, don't we? Uh, yes. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> We're live from Studio Lumo, number one King William Street, and uh, we'd love your input as well. So get in touch. Let us know what your thoughts are. You can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. And we are all about glass half full or more. We want to be positive. And Brett Maher, one of the superstar teammates of yours has done some outstanding work you'd like to acknowledge. Well, outstanding, silly. I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> through the week on Thursday, he walked 100 kilometres, Rupert Sapwell, 120 kgs, 6'6", and covered 100 kilometres. He started at 1am, finished at 10.30pm, 21 and a half hours. He went from Lugs North to Seacliff and back twice. And I asked him what his motivation was. And he said, watching the TV show alone, where they put people out in the wilderness and they've got to survive and how it strips people back to their raw being and and makes them think about what, what are they doing? What are they trying to achieve? And he wanted to do something along those lines. And he hadn't really done anything like that since retiring from basketball. So he's been training for 18 months for this. He was going to do it last week and then he had an irregular heartbeat. Uh, started going that came good on Monday and then so he set out on Thursday and uh, and went for it he said if anyone saw him in the last 5k's they would have thought he was dead set <laughs> drunk walking <laughs> down the street and um yeah he was sore very very sore afterwards there was some uh, some, some sightings along the foreshore of a sapsquatch walking down <laughs> down the thing but yeah the big fella I rang him um and he was about 20 Ks left to, to go. And, uh, he was talking about just, I was asking him what he was talking, how he was going with his mentality and yeah, talking to himself. And, uh, he was listening to some tunes at the time. 
Um, he nearly did, got derailed a couple times. He said his his pinky was um, uh, causing him a few issues, so he had to uh, ring ring the ring Cindy, his wife, for some help to come and uh, strap the toe up. And like you said, Brett, so I think a change of shoes along the way as well. But um, just a, an unbelievable effort. Get up at one o'clock in the morning and and start that that trek and. Lucky it was a good day. It was uh, not a breath of wind that day at all. Beautiful day, no rain. So um, he wasn't feeling too good afterwards. He said his feet felt like porridge. Perfect conditions. And he said out of everything, the thing that hurt him the most was his kneecaps. His knees were sore. Everything else was sore. But they were absolutely killing. But, yeah, just that thought of doing something like that, Bungie, it got me thinking that sometime throughout, I guess, the course of our show, we're going to have to try and set something pretty remarkable to achieve. And I'll uh, I'll get onto that this week and we'll come up with something for next week's show that we can head towards. You you know what I did do? When uh, back in, uh, when we were locked down a a few times and uh, I actually, I ran 5Ks in my backyard and uh, around my backyard, and it took me about 85 laps or something it was. So <laughs> there's a little challenge for you, Brett. I but don't think that's a world record by any means. There's no but... world record, but uh, I'm sh- certainly happy to put my hand up and uh, as long as Case is in on the action as well. Yep, I'll be there. Don't worry about that. I'll tell you, it reminds me of a great story that uh, the late, great David Hooks told me one day when Ian Botham was doing his charity walks, and he would go forever, and did one here in Australia, and Alan Border went on the journey with him. And Alan Border, every night they stopped and they'd stay in the local hotel and they'd have a sportsman's night, raise some money for the charity, etc. And he said, AB had would have one beer and a packet of chips. That was his uh, weakness. He had to have crisps. He just loves a beer and a packet of chips. Well, he did not lose a single ounce of weight wow. for the whole wow. trip. Just with the beer and the chips. That was something that, uh, you know, both of them had lost a lot of weight. But AB, just with one beer and one packet of chips, was just enough to to keep that weight not from going down, which was interesting. So don't drink too much beer. Stay off and the chips. And stay off the <laughs> chips is the message from that one. We could maybe uh, do a challenge with spiders, Bungie, where we uh, oh, cover ourselves in spiders. <laughs> we know uh, Case has got an affinity towards spider bites. <laughs> and uh, hence... I think you're, you're treading down dangerous. <laughs> yeah, he's there, going down down. He is, he is. He's now. I think we better take a break and straighten up a little here. This is the Bungie and Brett's show, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And it's 13 minutes past 11. We're into the final furlong here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. It's all brought to you by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi and driven by Australian Motors. And, of course, the Adelaide Giants, your team in the Australian Baseball League, part of the Polygra Group. And we're also getting support from Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Brett Mark Cards, 35 cents. You might be able to get them down a little more if you've made a two-for-one offer or something along those lines. I saw uh, <laughs> the price of some of the cards, the value, actually, not the price of them, but... The value is enormous. Like a uh, Luka Doncic, I saw sold for about one hundred and forty thousand or so. Is that right? Thirty. I've just been told by our producer. 
38 cents now for a Brett already raised. Look at that. It's like cryptocurrency. We keep talking about it. We might get it to 50, <laughs> well, In about 10 years' time, we'll be worth a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, as we said, we're here to have a little bit of fun every Sunday morning from 9.30 and trust you're going to become part of the family with us. And we, No one is going to be safe. We're not just going... We're no pulling the punches here. And I think Media Street is such an active an environment these days that we need to talk about a few things because, to be honest with you, look, I'm an... An experienced campaigner. When people started calling me a veteran journalist and a veteran commentator, I don't know, yeah, it didn't sit too well. But I guess I've been when you've been around for a long time, that uh, these things happen. But I'm just a little concerned with the standard of commentary that we might be getting from certain areas of the media. And I'm going to take a shot. I might as well just fire the bullet straight out of the gun. And I'm talking about Mark Howard is in the gun today because Mark Howard does uh, works for Fox Sports, Triple M. Uh, he's a multimedia personality. But he was calling the Essendon game a couple of weeks ago. And Jake Kelly, who we know from his Crows days here, doesn't get forward too often. And he kicked his first goal for Essendon. And that's something that really you should know off the top of your head. You research the game. So I've got my notes here for the game today between the Eagles and North Adelaide. And I know who hasn't kicked a goal and who's kicked a goal. You mark them in big red texter. And so if someone does kick a goal, you can say in the motion, in, in the moment, that that's his first goal at AFL level. Well, Jake Kelly had never kicked one goal for the Crows and he kicked his first goal for Essendon. And how he went along the lines of, I think that could be his first goal. Well, look, no, I'm not wearing it. It's not good enough. We need to lift, we need to lift the game here because perfect example was last night in the Port Adelaide game, Jed McEntee kicked yes. his first goal and Dwayne Russell was all over it. They get around him, his first goal at AFL. It just adds to the moment. Now, if you want to get paid the big bucks and you want to get involved in the media, do some homework. Use the five or six Ps that we probably can't <laughs> use here on air at the moment because you just need to prepare yourself. And, you know, I think that uh, it's great what um, the media is doing at the moment in terms of getting people involved and a lot of people getting opportunities. But one thing you need to do is do some research, do some homework and show the respect to the game and to the competitors that you need to be doing the best that you can to make it the best moment. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. Oh, no, I like that case. That's pretty good. I actually want to do a little shout out to one of my mates and, uh, because uh, talking about Media Street, obviously a tough gig. And when you're in front of the mic and you've got live stuff happening, it can things can go pretty uh, awry or pretty scary, like very quickly. And particularly if you're, um, uh, you know, if your counterpart that's supposed to be doing his job um, isn't there, or you can't, when you're doing live crosses, for example, case as you'd be aware of, that uh, sometimes the uh, technology just doesn't work. But a few weeks ago. A good friend of mine and um, uh, former Crow Swan uh, Pies player, now uh, Logie winner, Tony Armstrong, had to uh, sit down and uh, he, he reads the sport for ABC and had to jump in and do the weather. He and, did a great job. He did an amazing job, TA. So he's doing, he's kicking some some goals and sometimes they don't get it right, but sometimes you've got to jump in and uh, in the in the deep end and uh, he's, doing, he's doing fantastic work at ABC. I can see me getting loaded into that gun pretty shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a week or two away. I've just noticed the text has come through. If we could just touch on that, and please do text us on 0427154166. The SMS is from Travis from Dover Gardens. Uh, Bungie and Brett, can you rate your skills in other sports like table tennis and darts? Well, that's a very good question, Travis, and I'm glad you brought that up. 
because uh, I'm the number one ranked table tennis player at work at the fire station, and uh, oh, really? there's not Small too many. Size. And, I, and I have definitely beaten Bungie on, I think, every time we've played. Oh, hang on a minute. And, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think the last time we played, I think uh, I beat you. Yeah, I was left-handed. I didn't <laughs> tell you at the time. Uh, darts, uh, I think I'm ranked one or two at work as well, and we haven't played that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that question, Trav. Uh, right across it. And Colton Tucker, who's nine years old. Good morning to you, Colton. Great to have you on board, enjoying the show, listening for the first time. He loved the talk about the NBA. Wants to know who the Bretsters' goat is and why. Do you think you'd go with LeBron James or are you going with Michael Jordan? Oh, look, I think Jordan wins that hands down. Definitely uh, my idol coming through. And I think it's because uh, just the way he played, uh, the way he looked when he was playing, he was very skillful in all areas. Although I did read through the week that he does hold the record for the worst score ever in an NBA three-point contest. But other than that, uh, he performed under pressure. Every time he was in a grand final series, he won it. Uh, his skills MVP, were remarkable. MVPs in those grand finals. Yeah, and series. all the records he's he's broken. Um, LeBron has longevity. By no means uh, is he out of that conversation. He's very, very good. But I don't think, if you look across his skills even in the game, ball handling skills, not the best. Three-point shooting, not the best. Um, passing is average. Questions, um, questions think, still when the game's on the line and you need someone to stand up. Is there still a bit, little bit of that out there with LeBron? Yeah, I think so. You know who I think's really overlooked in this conversation is guys like Wilt Chamberlain, guys from yeah, yesterday. Without a doubt. Um, even, Recency uh, bias kills me. Yeah, yeah. it does. And, and guys like that should really come into that conversation. But, yeah, for me, it is definitely uh, the great man, MJ. Yeah, hard to go past that. Well, I just said Brett Mars is the best player I've seen. <laughs> You've led a sheltered life, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, you no, doesn't get out much, Bungie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're all about having a bit of fun here on the Bungie and Brett's show as well. So trust you've enjoyed our opening morning. There's still plenty more to come. We might just shoot the breeze here toward uh, as we get toward the end of the show. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to Todd Panel, one of the best jockeys in South Australia. Yesterday rode four winners coming back from a broken collarbone, and he makes horses run better. There are jockeys that just seem to fit certain horses. Well, Todd Panel, uh, championship, a premiership winner here in South Australia, he is an outstanding jockey. And if you're ever having a dabble and do it responsibly, but if you see T Panel riding your horse, then you won't get much better than that. And yesterday, it was the farewell appearance of a great horse called Flow Meter. 200 starts, unheard of. We'll probably never see it again. And uh, 200 starts, 20 wins, 26 seconds, 27 thirds, almost 800K in prize money. A wise investment and certainly uh, hats off to Flow Meter, a champion of the turf. I just wanted to quickly get your guys' thoughts on the Manchester United visit out here to Adelaide yeah. as well that happened through the week. My sister was actually in Melbourne staying at the same hotel as them and had trouble getting into the hotel. They ordered Uber Eats, couldn't. Couldn't get it. They had to go out a side door and finally found the guy. But 150,000 fans over the two games, uh, the games against Melbourne Victory and Crystal Palace. Uh, what did you guys think of that? Well, I didn't actually see the game. So I uh, didn't, uh, didn't get a chance to see it. But it's great that they're able to come out and obviously give – there's a lot of Australian fans there. I've got a lot of Man United uh, mates who, who actually went to, to Melbourne to do the same thing. And 
sat outside the hotel for hours on end waiting to get a photo and just sort of yeah didn't didn't get the opportunity because of the fact that the the numbers and the crowds were just ridiculous. It's phenomenal, isn't it? When you when you think about it, Man United versus Crystal Palace at the MCG, seventy seven thousand. Man United played Melbourne Victory, the local team in Melbourne, seventy four thousand. People rocked up to see it. Aston Villa and Leeds United, 41K up at Suncorp Stadium as well. And this is at times when we're getting 6,000, 9,000 to an AFL game. And I know there's no comparison, but I have to say, I was surprised that the numbers, well, I shouldn't be because that's the way that they have been. And obviously there's an appetite there for it. But that just shows uh, the sporting brain of the Australian public, doesn't it? That, that you would get such huge crowds to go and see what... Now, these teams are going to kick off their season in the next couple of weeks. So they're right in, they're playing, you know, most of their best players and certainly you're preparing for their season. So it's legitimate. Uh, they're playing full throttle or near enough to that you're going to see a good spectacle. But um, those numbers are just extraordinary. It is. And unfortunately, a lot of times those teams bring out a bit of a B-list team, but they did bring out pretty good. The other one I wanted to bring out was Cam Smith uh, at yeah. the British Open. <laughs> to finish with birdies on the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th and 18th to go 64 and win that. I think is one of the best closing rounds of all time on such a difficult course. I really enjoyed that and uh, some huge golf and what he's getting offered now to go to the Rebel League. Um, some huge, huge money. Like, I, I can't... life change. Well, they're already in life-changing money scenarios, aren't they? How do you feel about the Live Tour being sponsored by um, Saudi Arabia? And there's uh, a lot of people have issues around it. Yeah, 130 million he was offered, and um, yeah, that's going to change your life. But yeah, there are those questionable ethic issues about uh, what's happening over there and how that money's being brought about. But uh, oh, it would be hard to turn down 130 mil when I guess his prize money up to this point's around. I think it's I read it was about 15 mil or so. So it, it's a lot. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, touch while we're touching on some sports, the uh, the NRL. I don't know if you guys follow the NRL. Oh, state of origin. Closely, love love my NRL, and that's starting to heat up pretty uh, uh, pretty well too at this point in time. I'm a I'm a Melbourne Storm man, and we're uh, lost our fourth game in a row on uh, last night, which is not great. But the Panthers and the Cowboys. Cowboys play today. Um, Panthers beat the Sharks, who were sitting third last night. So great great effort there at uh, the Broncos, who have been a bit of a whipping uh, sort of team over the last couple of years, as have cemented themselves in the in the top eight and sitting fourth at the moment. So that's sort of coming towards the end of the, the pointy end of the season when finals starts to heat up as well. So look forward to talking a little bit more NRL um, as our uh, show progresses through the finals. And NBL as well. We're going to play on Christmas Day. How are your thoughts on that, Brett Maher? Yeah, well, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. I think uh, the live attendances will be very interesting. We have done this in the past, but they are bringing it back. And, uh, yeah, I'll be keen to see. I think the TV audiences will be very high. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, gentlemen, we are almost out of time. Well played. The Bungie and Brett's the show. Number one in the books. Number one in your, on your back and number one in your hearts, Brett's there, they reckon. <laughs> no, that was, a, <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun, guys. I look forward to coming back next week. Uh, Bungie and Brett Stutt, we know you're going to be stars of the show and uh, we're looking forward to it again next Sunday. Thanks to Mayhem Collectibles, Australian Motors Mitsubishi and the Adelaide Giants as well. So 9.30 next Sunday, the Bungie and Brett Stutt show coming your way here on SENSA.
Not all heroes are bitten by radioactive spiders. Our heroes are made at Kangan Institute. Call 13TAFE or visit kangan.edu.au. Eligibility criteria applies. Some or all of this training is delivered with Victorian and Commonwealth Government funding. RTO 3077. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.